In less than 24 hours, Americans will head to the polls to cast their vote in the midterm elections. Before they do, two of the most powerful voices in politics will make their cases one last time to voters, Donald Trump and Barack Obama. But is the strategy of dueling presidents favor either party? This is TikTok. I'm Dave Myers. Joining me today is Bloomberg News White House reporter Justin Sink. Justin, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So what's the state of play as we go into Tuesday? Sure. I, I think there's a consensus with the sort of forecasts. And obviously, if there's any lesson to take from 2016, it was that polls and, and forecasts can only tell you so much. But if you're looking at sort of the expert rankings, the polls, the, the real expectation is that uh, Republicans will probably hold the Senate, maybe even expand by a seat or two there. But the Democrats are the sort of heavy favorites to, to take control of the House of Representatives. And so, uh, you know, obviously things could break differently. Republicans could vastly outperform the polls. Democrats uh, could kind of win everything they need to win in the Senate. But more likely than not, that that's kind of how it'll break down. So right now, every vote is, counts, and both parties uh, have brought out the big guns in the final days, the final push uh, to Election Day. Uh, and let's start with the president. What yeah. has President Trump's travel schedule been the past week? It's been busy. I can, <laughs> I can report from a sort of personal experience. He's done, I think, 11 rallies over the last six days, including a final push uh, today, Monday, that uh, we'll see him go to three different states. Uh, and a lot of that travel has been really focused on the Senate, which goes back to what we were saying before. I don't think Republicans see the House as a lost cause, but they definitely see a, a real value in sort of fortifying the Senate. So you see the president uh, heading to states like Missouri, Florida, where they, they're they hopeful that they can not only uh, protect the Republican majority, but even maybe knock off some vulnerable Democrats. And on the other side of this political spectrum is maybe what the Democrats are hoping is their secret weapon in the final push, President Barack Obama. Where have we seen him the past few days? Sure. So we've seen him. Uh, he ha he went down to Georgia where he, he stumped for Stacey Abrams, who is uh, running a, a tight race for governor there, a surprising Democratic candidate who who's competitive there. He went to Florida where he's not only stumping for uh, Bill Nelson, the longtime Democratic senator who's uh, seen as kind of vulnerable this year but also for Andrew Gillum, who is uh, the mayor of Tallahassee, running uh, a race that's garnered a lot of, of national attention. Uh, today was probably one of the last times we'll see him on the stump. He went uh, into Virginia, uh, attended an event, a get-out-the-vote event with mm -hmm. Tim Kaine, uh, Hillary Clinton's former running mate, who's probably a shoe-in to be reelected to the Senate, but they went out on behalf of uh, a lot of Republicans, particularly in that, that sort of northern Virginia area outside of the D.C. suburbs where um, Republicans were a little more competitive than, than thought last year. But because of the, the large number of federal workers, I think Democrats feel like they can be really competitive there. And, and those are some of the first House seats that we'll expect to see flip mm -hmm. uh, Tuesday night if, if Democrats are doing well. You know, you brought up Georgia and you brought up Florida, the, the gubernatorial races in those states. Those seem like plays for... 2020 rather than for tomorrow, right? Well, uh, so one thing that, that President Obama has really focused on, I think because he realizes that, that he kind of made a mistake during his presidency, is uh, the question of redistricting, which is something that's mm -hmm. controlled by uh, state legislators and the governors of those states. And so uh, Eric Holder, the former attorney general, has started a group that, that President Obama is heavily involved in. And so they see these states, state, state seats as particularly important, uh, you know, uh, Florida, for example, is uh, a state that has a lot of congressional representation, and if those 
seats are gerrymandered to favor Republicans, it could end up putting Democrats at a net disadvantage of two or three seats just kind of coming out of the gate. So we, we've kind of understand the strategy of deploying President Obama and President Trump for both parties. So let's talk about the message that they're both spreading out there on the trail. And let's start with Trump again, because, you know, he's coming he's coming to this election with a red hot economy. He's coming into this election with a lot of campaign promises he made in 2016 that he's kept. So is he out there touting those as listen, I did a really good job, or is he coming with a completely different message? Yeah, so I think to the chagrin of uh, to many congressional Republicans, that has not been his message. He's talked, uh, you know, he at his rally says that this is the, the election of the caravan of Brett Kavanaugh. These are real hot-button social issues. And, you know, clearly the president sees the field differently. He sees these midterm elections as a opportunity to sort of rev up the base that elected him and that uh, he thinks that by sort of exciting them, Republicans are going to outperform the sort of predictions of, of how they they mm -hmm. would do otherwise. Uh, so it's somewhat of a heated rhetoric um, on, on the Trump stump speeches. What are we hearing then from President Obama? So uh, unsurprisingly, I think President Obama is, uh, is not, does not employ the same style as President Trump. So uh, you won't even hear him... Uh, mention President Trump by name in some of these speeches. And uh, uh, sort of as a second part of this, I don't think that um, President Obama is sort of uh, attacking this as passionately as President Trump is. Makes some amount of sense. Mm -hmm. He's no longer president, and it's not his priorities on the ballot. But I think there's also a, a sort of conscious effort by President Obama and his team not to provide a foil to President Trump. They see um, they see that, that Obama, much like Trump, really excites both the partisans of both sides of the aisle. So, you know, Democrats really hate Trump, and Trump supporters really love him. Similarly, Democrats really love <laughs> Obama and really hate Trump, and uh, and so they don't want to, I think, feed into that dynamic. We you talk to them, and they they want to employ. Uh, or deploy President Obama where he's helpful, but they don't want to turn this into a race where it's Obama versus Trump. And so you see a little bit of scaling back. The, the last point that I would I would make, though, is that uh, you mentioned the economy earlier, and President Obama has really worked in his speeches to claim credit for that economic mm -hmm. success, has pointed out that these are trends that began under his administration, that the job gains that we've seen that have been obviously really impressive under under President Trump uh, he had more of them in his last 20 months than, than President Trump did in his. Now, part of that is because we're kind of reaching the max of, of the economy, but or the max of, of employment. But this is, uh, you know, this is a sort of rhetorical argument that the President Obama wants to make. He doesn't want to sort of cede uh, the the pleasant economy to to Republicans, and and that's going to be really important for for Democrats in this election, but if if the uptick continues in 2020. So he's out there protecting his legacy while also firing up uh, Democratic voters. So why is he out there? We haven't seen Obama really hit the political trail or talk about uh, his successor's policies for the first two years of that. But now he is out there. Is there any historical context to compare this campaign to past campaigns and president versus president? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. I it's a little unprecedented, but when you think about it, uh, there hasn't been a really a president like Barack Obama. So, you know, uh, you go back to 
President Johnson, who resigned or, or did opted not to run for re-election. President Nixon resigned. Uh, President Carter didn't win re-election. Uh, President Reagan had health issues. President George H.W. Bush didn't win re-election. President Clinton, we did see a bit on the campaign trail, but obviously was also uh, promoting his wife's political efforts. And then uh, George W. Bush, I think, opted to stay even more on the sidelines mm-hmm. than, than President Obama has. Now, all, many of those men have, have talked about um, sort of preserving the, the institution of the presidency, allowing their successor to do their job. There's only one president at a time. But it, it's not totally unprecedented if you look back to, you know, FDR. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that, that sort of era of political politics, you, you would more often see um, former presidents weighing into to big political issues. You know, midterm elections tend to be the oldest and whitest when it comes to people who, who actually vote. Um, and turnout in the 2014 midterms was the lowest since World War II. Is, is this where Barack Obama comes in? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that obviously when you look at some of the areas that he went, Georgia specifically, uh, that's a race where Democrats say, uh, turning out black voters, turning out millennial voters, that's going to be turning out female voters. That's going to be crucial to their efforts there, that, that it is only if you see a sort of disproportionate number of those voters mm-hmm. turn out that, that um, you're going to see Democrats win. And there is some po- some anecdotal evidence, both from early vote counts and polling, to suggest that enthusiasm levels for this midterm are much higher than uh than normally. Um, there's a Wall Street Journal poll over the the weekend that said 70% of voters are sort of very uh, enthusiastic or, or interested in this election. For context, that was around 60% under Obama during his two Ooh. midterms. The presidential election two years ago, it was 72%. So that's nearly as sort of much interest as a, as a presidential election, which is really surprising for, for, um, for a midterm, but sort of speaks to maybe uh, the uh, the Trump effect on, on politics. You know, you, you bring up early voting, and I was reading in a Bloomberg article that some 34 million people have already voted yeah. in tomorrow's election. And in states like, uh, in 28 states, and including the District of Columbia, they have already surpassed their total early voting count from 2014. So I guess my question is, did the Democrats wait too long to bring out Barack Obama? Well, uh, I, I think it goes back to that central question, right? Where does he help? Where does he hurt? If you had Barack Obama out for two or three months really campaigning, it, it could be a gift to Republicans. It could fire up um, Republicans who maybe are dissatisfied with Donald Trump but also feel very strongly that they they dislike Barack Obama and they want to go out and vote against him. And so it, that's the working theory of at least President Obama's mm-hmm. aides, uh, we'll see based on, <laughs> on the results. If I'm sure there will be a lot of Monday morning quarterback or Wednesday morning quarterback, if uh, you know Democrats underperform expectations today. And one thing that could be said is I, I think there is a frustration among some in the in the Democratic Party that that President Obama hasn't been more involved, hasn't been more vocal, um, because President Trump has succeeded in in reversing a lot of the sort of signature accomplishments of the Obama administration and. There is not that Democratic figure that's really been um, a singular voice against him or had a singular ability to sort of speak to and rally the American people in the way that, that President Obama did. So if we come to Wednesday morning uh, and 
things have happened as we expected. The Democrats win control of the House, but the Senate uh, is kept uh, by the Republicans. Is it safe to say both strategies by Republicans, Democrats, with Obama and Trump, it worked? Yeah, I, mean, I guess another way to like to think about that is that if there is another result, so if there's a Republican sweep or a Democratic sweep, it's catastrophic for, you know, for the other side. So if Democrats get both the Senate and the House, it's a dramatic new world for President Trump. He can no longer sort of uh, get his nominees through either to administration posts or, very importantly, to uh, the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. where, you know, we've obviously seen in the last couple months how important that Republican majority is for for him as he tries to to push those nominees through similarly for democrats uh, you know if if they can't win this election it would especially in the house i think you know it would be a staggering loss for nancy pelosi who's long sort of faced questions about whether she should continue to be there the leader in the house and also suggests a, a sort of systematic problem with the democratic messaging where they're just unable to connect with enough enough voters to stay viable on a congressional level and so uh and the sort of down the road ramifications in terms of uh redistricting that that we were talking about earlier and so uh if we don't see that split i think one party will be really panicking if we do see the sort of dems take the house republicans take or expand their lead in the senate then you can say at least everybody kind of held serve uh, with expectations and and uh, the presidents themselves maybe didn't play a huge impact or, or played the impact that they should on, on what the race, on the way the race turns out. Justin Sink, thank you. Thanks for having me. Make sure to follow Justin on Twitter. He's at Justin Sink. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening. And please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm Dave Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers. And you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok. <laughs>